So this morning we're in uh, Proverbs 16. So in the uh, Bibles in the chairs in front of you, that's uh, page 303. We're in Proverbs chapter 16. Uh, if you don't have a Bible or in need of a new one, we encourage you to take one of these with you as a gift from Cornerstone because we value the word and, and all that we do. And uh, we want, want you to have access to that on your, in your life too. But Proverbs 16, 1 to 9, if you would follow along with me, please. To human beings belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. The Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, he causes their enemies to make peace with him. Better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Mark. These Bibles underneath the chairs, they do have really small print, and so if you're someone who would like a Bible but need one with larger print, actually in the back of the sanctuary, we do have some larger print Bibles. Or if you know someone that needs a large print Bible, please take one to them. Let me pray, and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, this opportunity to continue in the book of Proverbs. Pray that it would continue to speak to our hearts. Would you open your word to us? you change us, mold us, uh, help us to remember what you want us to remember? Uh, would your Holy Spirit be present and speaking here today? Uh, it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Prudence. Prudence is married. She has three children uh, and lives in the suburbs of Boston. Now, Prudence has an older boy. Uh, he is a freshman in high school. He's doing great in high school. Her youngest is in elementary school uh, and enjoys it, loves going to school. But her middle child, uh, she's in middle school, and it's not going so well. It's a difficult time in middle school. She hasn't made many friends. Sometimes she gets picked on, this, this daughter. Sometimes she's bored and uneducated, un, un, uninterested in her education, and that often happens. She's begun acting out more at home. And Prudence is worried about her daughter. She's worried about her daughter's education as well as her mental and emotional well-being. Now, Prudence has been talking with her husband about her concerns, and he supports finding the best educational, uh, educational option possible, uh, and he is encouraging her to continue to do some research on it because they want their daughter to flourish in whatever school system she is a part of. And so... Uh, Prudence is prayerfully, thoughtfully researching and thinking through the different choices. Now, her name, Prudence, it means thinking through all the options. <laughs> it means thinking through all the potential possibilities and outcomes. She intends to live up to her name. <laughs> she lists out her possible choices. Now, maybe some of you like to list out things, and hopefully Prudence, as she does this, will speak to your heart. Uh, number one, she could keep her daughter in her current school. She could uh, keep going there and try to lobby the school and get more attention, more focus on her daughter, maybe get into a special program. 
Or they could pay a tutor. They could hire a tutor to help her daughter with her studies. But she'd have to be prepared to talk with the administration a little bit about those options and uh, the potential of bullying being picked on. Number two, she could try to get into a different public school. She could try and transfer her daughter to another public school uh, in town, uh, but there's no guarantees because of the zone she happens to be in, and, uh, and there's no guarantees that it would be any better. So is that a real possibility or not? Number three, she could try a charter school. Now, she's not as familiar with charter schools. Uh, there is one nearby. She'd have to do some research to really try to understand them. She's heard good things. She's heard negative things, and so she'd have to really do her research. How about a private school? Well, the youth pastor gives a chapel talk at the local Christian private school, uh, and several of the families from the church go there, uh, and so she would be interested to pick that out, to check that out. Uh, there's also a non-Christian private school nearby, but both are pricey. She could homeschool. Several families in her church homeschool. And they speak positively of it. She likes the specialized focus it offers, but she's not sure she has the time or talent to make it happen. And number six, she could try online school. And one teenage boy in her church who is pursuing a professional golfing career, he's going to school online. This was not an option when she was a kid, but apparently it is now. Now these are the options that Prudence lists out as she thinks of uh, what decision to make for her daughter. Her head is spinning with all of the options, all the possibilities, and the pros and cons of each one. Most of all, she wants to make the right decision. She wants to make the right decision for her daughter, uh, whatever that may be. Now, it just so happens that her pastor is preaching a sermon series on Proverbs. What a coincidence. And she wonders if maybe... <laughs> She can apply some of what she is learning in Proverbs to this decision-making process. Her, her pastor recently preached on Proverbs 31, the Proverbs 31 woman, and this woman's diligence really inspired her. She remembers this verse, Proverbs 31, 27, she watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. This woman's diligence really inspired prudence. So she wants to be proactive, she wants to take the initiative and make the best choice possible for her daughter. She opens up the book of Proverbs and begins to review the notes. Her little bulletin where she wrote down her notes, she still has it. It's so convenient. She begins to look and she finds the first note there. To make a good decision within the boundaries of Scripture. Make a good decision within the boundaries of of scripture. Now the first thing her pastor taught was that to make a wise decision means to first of all make a decision that is obedient to scriptures. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly what to do. Instead the Bible gives us boundaries. It says here are things that we can do that we should do, but here are some things that we should not do. And then it lets us use our wisdom, our discernment our prayer to seek the Holy Spirit. Now, one verse does warn of staying away from evil and pursuing good. Proverbs 14.22 says this, Do not those who plot evil go astray, but those who plan what is good find love and faithfulness. So she sees here that 
If she were to, uh, to do things that are disobedient, she would be walking in the way of evil. But instead, the Bible, book of Proverbs, calls on her and all of us to, to walk the way of Christ, to walk the way of goodness, to find love and faithfulness. In other words, we can't choose to disobey God. That's not one of the options. We can't choose a sin. Thankfully, the Bible, God's special revelation, that word revelation just means to reveal things, God's revelation helps her figure out the right and wrong way. Not just the book of Proverbs, but the whole book. Proverbs 29, 18 says this. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. So she has revelation. She has the Bible. She has God's word. And now she wants to follow it. She has the book of Proverbs. She has the rest of the book. Now, as far as she can tell, she's listed out her options. There's no scriptural mandate for any one of those particular options. They're all an option, as long as she is discipling her child, as long as she is seeking to help her child follow Christ Jesus, as long as she is helping her disciple develop a relationship with God, all of these are options. None of these options that were listed were immoral in any ways, and neither are any of them prescribed. So this frees her, right? It frees her to have the wisdom and discernment to choose the best option for her daughter, to investigate the options. And now she needs to figure out which option to take, which one of these seven options, seven or eight. She reads another note in her sermon notes she finds helpful. Talk to trusted mentors and friends. Talk to trusted mentors and friends. Now, it makes sense to Prudence that she would talk to people she trusts. She flips to the verses in Proverbs. She finds that this book, the book of Proverbs, a, a book of practical, everyday wisdom and advice, it recommends asking others for guidance. Proverbs 24, verse 6 says this, Surely you need guidance to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. She is not waging war. <laughs> it feels a little bit like choosing the right schooling option is like going to battle. But she thinks, you know what, if I seek guidance, I might be able to find victory. I might be able to find the best choice. How many people should I talk to? Well, Proverbs doesn't say an exact number, but it does say many witnesses or many, many advisors. So plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. So she thinks, well, then I will talk to several people. I will talk to different people. I will talk to, perhaps I can find a parent or a school administrator in each of those options, a family that's homeschooling, a family that's going to the private school, a family that's going to the other uh, public school in town, a family that's doing the online schooling process, and I can talk to each one of them. And hear their experience. What has their experience been for their kids in that uh, schooling process? What are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? And so she continues forward. Now, Prudence knows that when you read a proverb, you should just never read just a proverb by itself. <laughs> you should read uh, proverbs that are kind of in that same vein, in that same line of thought. So similar proverbs. And so she finds uh, this note in her sermon notes, avoid getting advice from foolish people. 
She can think of many helpful people, many helpful people she knows, friends from uh, school, friends from church, uh, people she knows. But she can also think of some people that she shouldn't ask for advice, that she's not so certain they would offer helpful advice. She finds this actually rooted in Scripture. Proverbs 12, verse 5, the plans of the righteous are just, but the advice of the wicked is deceitful. So, Prudence knows that in the past, you know, for finding a mechanic or a dentist, she has gone to the wonderful world of Facebook recommendations. Uh, But for this in uh, particular one, she knows that it can be kind of a heated topic, schooling and where to send your kids. And so she decides, you know what, I am not going to uh, put this in the social media sphere. I don't want to draw out my more opinionated Facebook friends. not just because uh, I don't want to cause uh, controversy, but I also don't want to embarrass my daughter because this is a real issue for her. And so I want to keep this private, so I'm going to keep it to one-on-one or one-on-two conversations with different parents. Now, to make the best uh, choice possible, uh, she begins to talk with trusted mentors, with friends, uh, and avoids getting advice from foolish people. Now, as she does this, uh, with many projects in life, uh, when you start something, you realize it's going to take longer than you expect, (laughs) and this begins to happen to her. She begins to spend hours and hours uh, poring over school websites, talking with different families, different parents. Uh, She is talking with administrators and uh, looking at costs of things and prices of things, And it's frustrating because during this time, her daughter is kind of stuck in the same position. She's not doing well. She's getting nowhere. And so she remembers another point from her sermon notes. Don't rush it. (laughs) Take your time to make the wise choice. Now, Prudence thinks, ah, the Lord brought this to my mind at just the right moment. She finds this verse in Proverbs chapter 21. The plans of the diligent lead to profit. The plans of the diligent lead to profit. She's trying to be diligent. <laughs> she is trying to plan this out. But then she reads the second half of the, of the proverb. Often in Proverbs, there is a contrast, kind of an A, B. Uh, uh, this, do this, not that. Or don't do this, do that. The plans of the diligent lead to prof- profit. Do this. B, as surely as haste leads to poverty. Don't do this. As haste leads to poverty. She doesn't want to lead to kind of poverty of education, and so she doesn't want to rush it. She calls another mom up from the church uh, who uh, she finds to be an encouraging uh, uh, sister in Christ. and They arrange to get some coffee, to meet up, to talk, and to pray. Now, Prudence begins to tell this other mom how she's been processing and how she's been trying to put into practice the things she is learning in the book of Proverbs into this real-life decision in her own life, uh, and yet she feels stuck. She feels anxious. Uh, and this other mom happened to have her Proverbs notes. That's so convenient. Uh, and she pulls them out, and she found a, a, a note that uh, Prudence forgot to write down and that really struck this other woman, and that is to examine your heart. Examine your heart. Now, together they flip to Proverbs chapter 16. Here they find a call to examine your heart when it comes to decisions, but also to examine your, your motives and what's going on behind making those decisions. Proverbs 16, 1 through 2 say this, To humans belong 
the plans of the heart. But from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. And so they see here how plans come from not just a passing thought, but actually what's rooted down deep inside of us. And so we have all of natural inclinations to make this choice or that, and that has to come from somewhere. And yet the Lord seems to guide with the things we say and the things we do. And of course, as we think about the decisions that we have to make, we're very self-justifying, aren't we? All a person's ways seem pure to them. (laughs) All my decisions seem right to me. And yet God is the one who can see what's really going on inside the heart. God is the one who can see what's really going on behind someone's motives when they make a decision. And so Prudence's friend, she asks her this question, why do you want to make this change? Now, Prudence obviously thinks, well, isn't this obvious? I want the best educational uh, experience possible for my middle daughter. And that's what she says. That seems like the obvious answer, isn't it? The, The friend says, yes. She challenges her a little bit. Yes, but this passage seems to say that there might be something deeper going on in your heart. What are you feeling? What are your motives? Why is good schooling important? Why does this matter so much? Now, Prudence takes a moment to think it over. She examines her own heart. She says this, When my kids aren't doing well in school or at home or with friends, I feel like a failure as a mom. I want my daughter to do well because I really do care about her education, but also because I want to feel like a good parent. Together they recognize that this is a moment of truth. This is a moment where the heart has been exposed and we can see what's really going on behind the scenes. They talk about how easy it is to base their identity as people and as parents in the success of their child. If their child is doing well, they're feeling good. If their child is not doing well, they're feeling poorly. And so they encourage each other. They confess this. They say, Lord, help us to find our identity. Help us to find our encouragement in you and your love for us, your acceptance of us. And they commit to encouraging each other to find their love and their acceptance in Christ and his love for them and their Heavenly Father's love for them instead of the performance or behavior of the ones they love. Now, Prudence realizes through going uh, through this process that uh, this decision isn't just about her heart. There are other hearts involved in the decision-making process. And she remembers the foundation verse that her church family has been memorizing during the sermon series. And maybe together we can help Prudence remember this verse. Uh, Maybe you would say it with me. Uh, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Proverbs 4.23, NIV brackets. She remembers this verse, that everything we do flows from our hearts. Everything we do. And the heart is not just this seat of emotion like it is in our modern American culture when we think of the heart as like the place where we get the the love feelings. (laughs) The heart is the core. It's the center. It's the, it's the, uh, the, the, the generator. It's the reactor where everything is powered your mind, your, your emotions, your will, your desires, everything starts at the heart in the, the Hebrew scriptures. That's what Proverbs 4.23 tells us. 
And so that evening, she sits down with her daughter, the one who is going through this uh, difficult time and tries to have a heart-to-heart conversation with her daughter. She asks her why she's feeling this way. Like, what, what's going on? How is she feeling uninterested? And, and why has she been acting differently around the home recently? Is it the teachers? <laughs> is it the relationships? What's going on in her heart? And her daughter, in a moment of uh, rare openness, tells her, this is going perfectly, uh, tells her that she's always felt like the other kids are smarter than her. They just seem to get it faster and better. And that makes her feel embarrassed and depressed. And it doesn't help when they joke about her. Now, Prudence tells her daughter that she loves her. And they have a moment where they, they, they take what's been going on and they just bring it to the Lord. They say, Lord, this is kind of the root of what's been going on in our hearts. She shares a little bit with her daughter of what's been going on in her heart. And they have a moment where they just stop and they pray about it. They say, Lord, help change our hearts. Help our hearts find our identity in you so that no matter what decision is made, that we're making it with you, that our, our hearts are secure. And then they continue on in the decision-making process. Prudence walks away feeling encouraged, feeling uh, uh, life has been breathed in to the situation. But there still needs to be a decision, right? A choice still needs to be made. Now, she's been talking with her husband all along uh, through this process. They've been working it out together. Uh, And her husband actually shares something that resonated with him from Proverbs, along with one of his favorite verses. Trust in the Lord and his plans. Trust in the Lord and his plans. Now, we just read Proverbs 16, 1 through 2. Uh, it says how to deal with the anxiety of the heart, right? Uh, we just talked about how uh, when our heart is, is kind of in a place, it's, it's wrapped around something, it's focusing on something, it can create anxiety. But we can deal with that by trusting in the Lord. Proverbs 16, 3, the very next verse said, In their hearts humans plan their course. But the Lord establishes their steps. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Proverbs 16, 3. In their hearts, oh, I think I wrote the wrong one on the screen. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. Now prudence in her husband, they remember Proverbs are not promises but principles. And so if you read a proverb and say that's like, uh, uh, if I do this, this will happen. That's not always the case. They're more of principles for living. Uh, And it's not as if they pray hard and go to church and do all the right things that God will then give their daughter the best education ever. Doesn't work that way. But Prudence does feel reassured as she commits the Lord to the Lord, whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. As, as she commits her daughter and this decision to the Lord, she feels confident that God will use this situation, this decision, for her daughter's good and for her family's good, maybe even for the, the good of the brother and the sister and for the husband. God will use the plans for good. And as she's going through this process, she begins to sense that the Lord is not necessarily interested in the decision itself, but how the decision is made. The Lord is more interested in how she makes the decision than her making the right decision. Prudence and her husband commit to trusting the Lord no matter what. They decide, a few verses later, 
that they uh, need to trust God and his sovereignty, his control over everything. They read Proverbs 16, 9. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, uh, they succeed. That's the wrong verse. In their hearts, humans plan their steps, but the Lord establishes their steps. I think I just reversed those. Uh, uh, so looking up at the 16.3. In their hearts, human plans their courses, but the Lord establishes their steps. Prudence makes mistakes all the time, and she doesn't really, uh, uh, sometimes they just get past her. Uh, prudence remembers her own education and how the Lord took care of her steps. And she made plans when she went to college. Uh, she went to college and she changed her major a couple times. She wasn't sure what she should do, and she was uh, anxious about it at the time. And eventually she decided on nursing, that she was going to go through nursing, and that actually led to her meeting her husband. But before she made that decision to, uh, to kind of finally focus on nursing, uh, she felt anxious, and she tossed and turned all the time. And yet, if she were to look back at, at her plans and at the steps she took, it's very apparent that God was with her the entire time. <laughs> And that he was working through those normal, everyday interactions and choices. And he was guiding her. And she didn't need to worry. She didn't need to be anxious because God was just walking along with her along those steps. She really hopes that other people hear this message. Uh, God was present. And now she begins to feel a sense of peace. She feels peace as uh, she thinks about God's sovereignty and God working all things out for good. Uh, his plans may not be easy, but his plans are always good. They're always for the spiritual good of his children, and Prudence and her daughter are one of them. Now, she feels that uh, it's finally time to make the decision. Proverbs encourages Prudence. It encourages thinking through all the decisions, but Proverbs does not encourage procrastination. <laughs> This leads to, it's time to make a decision without fear or pride. She turns once again to the Proverbs 31 woman, and she finds this. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She is inspired by the Proverbs 31 wonder woman. <laughs> she, has a, she is a strong woman. She is a capable woman, and she is meant to inspire other men and women. And she makes her decisions with joy, without fear, and with trust in God. This is the kind of woman that, uh, that Prudence wants to be and wants to model for her daughters and for her son. But at the same time, she wants to be confident in what God can do and trust in him, but she does not want to be prideful or arrogant. Proverbs 27.1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. So they take the time, Prudence and her husband, and they've been praying through this entire process, trying to bring it to the Lord, trying to do it with the right heart attitude. They pray once again for a humble heart, for a heart of humility and trusting God with the decision. That they're going to make a decision without fear or anxiety. And neither of them feels like God has spoken to them in a uh, kind of uh, audible way, like that he has spoken to them through a dream or anything like that. But they do feel like God has spoken to them through the word. That God has spoken to them through the book of Proverbs, giving them principles by which they can make the best decision possible, the best decision for their daughter. And so now it's just time to take a step of faith. 
and trust that God is going to work it out through the decision. And they're grateful to God. They're grateful that God has brought them this far. Prudence takes a moment and reviews. She reviews with her husband everything she's learned. Make a good decision within the boundaries of Scripture. In other words, don't disobey God's word. Obey God's word. Number two, talk to trusted mentors and friends. Number three, avoid getting advice from foolish people. Number four, don't rush it. Take your time to make the wise choice. She's done that. Number five, examine your heart. Number six, trust in the Lord and his plans. He's going to work it out. And number seven, it's time to make a decision without fear or without pride. Now she feels like she can use this advice for other decisions. This is useful in other ways besides this kind of educational decision that she has to make for her daughter as they, her and her husband, have to make it. These are principles that could be used in pretty much any situation, uh, whether in her family life or at work on her front line where she's around other people who uh, don't know Jesus yet. She can use these principles to make decisions in any part of life. Now, her pastor is never done preaching until he talks about the gospel and Jesus. Uh, And so she adds one more point to her notes No matter what happens, remember the gospel. No matter what happens, remember the gospel. Now, she finds in Proverbs chapter 16 actually a verse that reminds her of the gospel. Proverbs 16, verse 6. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. She finds this to be an interesting verse because atonement is not something you would expect to flip to the book of Proverbs for. (laughs) You would usually go to the book of Leviticus or one of those other Old Testament books on sacrifice. And yet right here, in the heart of the book of Proverbs, there's a verse on the atonement. Prudence and her husband are reviewing this and they don't think that their love and faithfulness, that sin can be atoned for. The Bible is pretty clear that there is nothing they can do to atone for sin. Atone means to pay for something, to make amends. No matter how good they are, no matter if they make the right choice or the bad choice or the perfect choice, the perfect educational choice, and their, their daughter uh, comes out the top of her class, that will not make up for their sins. And so this must be talking about someone else who can atone for sin. It's talking about the fear of the Lord. What's that? Well, it's finding a relationship with God and and respecting him. It's through this relationship with God that sin can be avoided, uh, sin can be paid for, sin can be um, forgiven. She realized that this this points to Christ. This points to the Messiah. This, This points to the one who will come and pay the penalty for sin. This points to the one who will come and and display ultimate love as he lays down his life for those that would crucify him. She sees how this, uh, that, that Christ displays ultimate faithfulness to God as he never sins. He never disobeys God once. And it's Christ Jesus who perfectly avoided evil, who perfectly lived a good life. And it's through Christ and his sacrificial death and resurrection that she can then come to a relationship with God, that she can experience the, experience the fear of the Lord 
and begin to live a life that honors God. And it's through this humble relationship that she knows that she's experiencing God's love. She's experiencing God's faithfulness. God is going to be faithful and love her in the midst of this decision. So she recognizes that no matter the decision she makes, she is loved and she is forgiven. See, if the decision goes well and her daughter succeeds, prudence is not going to find her value, worth, and identity in the success of the decision. She's going to find it in Christ. And if the decision goes poorly and her daughter just does just as terribly in this new context, she's not going to beat herself up. She's not going to feel shame. She's not going to condemn herself because her heavenly father loves her and accepts her. It's because of the gospel that she should stand before God condemned, but instead she stands before God loved, forgiven. Now that is wise decision making. Now maybe you're wondering, what option did prudence choose? What matters more is how she chooses it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for wise decision-making. Thank you for uh, this story. Lord, would we all be prudent as we make decisions? Would we put into practice what we're learning in the book of Proverbs in our own lives and in our own situations our own decisions, whatever those may be. And Lord, may we as a church, may we as a church body have prudence and show prudence from the top down. Lord, give us wisdom. Give us foresight. Please bless this offering. Bless the aisles in this potluck after church. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.